You know what, Sam? What? It's time for part two, the four words. Yes, it is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you have had a good few days. And yes, as what Sam said in his one-liner, we are going to be discussing the forwards which is the second part of our great player expectations. So before we do that, we're going to get to some podcast news, actually, and then we're going to get to some NHL news, a bit of some Canes news, and then we'll finally get into our uh, kind of expectations for the players if we expect them to win the Stanley Cup, because we do, obviously. So first, when it comes to the podcast news... um. Obviously, the month of August is the deadest month in the offseason. Now, here's the thing. Carolina is still going to be involved in probably trade rumors until probably a defenseman gets traded because we know that someone is going to get traded, obviously, and we will report it. We'll probably create like a mini episode on that, but... um. After this episode, we're going to not do a new segment just because of just how light the news is going to be this month. So that's kind of going to be our plan going forward for the month of August. And also another thing too, if you didn't listen to the last episode, the last two weeks in the month of August, we will not be recording it. Or we will not be releasing an episode, but there might be a variance that Sam knows very well of. So top secret for now, but yes, it, it is happens, top secret. If it happens, it'll be fun. Oh yes, it will definitely be fun. So um, now we're going to get on to some NHL news, and Sam, there were some extensions this week. Um, one was a goaltender in Minnesota who's played pretty well for them. Actually, I think it's a good deal for both the player and the team, although I think the team probably would have wrapped him up for a little bit longer term, and that's Philip Gustafson. Yeah. He got bad. a three-year, $3.75 million contract. Yeah, I mean, locking a goalie up for three years isn't bad. It's a, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of long-term goaltenders, so I like the three- to five-year range, mainly because we're kind of seeing what Bobrovsky's doing, and... um. That's kind of it hasn't really worked out for Florida other than like this um other than like this this year on if you're being honest, right? So I don't know. I think it's a good deal. I like it for both the team and the goalie. Yes, um I do too. And yes, you raised a very good point. I think we're starting to see teams going for the short term on goalies just because there's a lot more risk in that position than there is with defensemen and forwards. Exactly. Harry Price is out. I mean, you got fortunate with Pecorine, but Bobrovsky is another example of a goalie who went down. Rick DiPietro is a prime example of oh, a goalie he is. who signed an outrageously long contract and just went to hell in a handbasket real quick for the Islanders. And they bought his contract out. And they're still paying the man. I know. It's, it's crazy. But, yeah, I don't think there's probably going to be any more long-term 
um, goalie extensions unless you're probably like Shesterkin. And that makes sense. That contract he has with the Rangers really does. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. Shesterkin, Five years, Sorokin, I believe. I think Vasilevsky got an eight-year, too. So Yeah, Vasilevsky. I mean, those goalies are, to me, more of the exception than uh, just how the role is. When you're a um, Carey Price-level, Shesterkin-level goalie, you earned that kind of a term. But other than that, I like the contract. I think it's good for the team. It allows the goalie also to come out after three years and bet on himself. So I like it. Yes, definitely. And the next uh, player that got extended is another goalie, Sam. That's Jeremy Swayman. Uh, He signs a one-year contract for $3.475 million contract. And I think, um, to me, I think probably most of these contracts – Except for maybe the, well, I think maybe the Troy Terry one too, uh, avoided arbitration. Yeah, well, Swayman, they're gonna have to go back. Oh, really? Because well, they have to go back in a year. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. He yeah, has they another do. good year. He isn't gonna come back for three point four seven. He's gonna want somewhere closer to probably eight or nine, and he might not want to be a backup next year, because right now it's all Mark's net. I mean, more or less. So, I mean, if Swayman wants to be playing, I mean, we'll see sometime. I mean, I feel like this year they went more to Allmark than they did last year. But Well, they tried Swayman in the playoffs, but he had an 875 save percentage against yeah. Florida. So, it's interesting to see kind of the direction they go with their goaltenders. Um, my guess is the playoffs are why his number's not higher. Yes. Um, because he wasn't very good against us the year before. Exactly. Neither was Allmark, and neither of them were good this year. So far, they haven't, like, this tandem has been bad in the playoffs. They definitely were not the reason why Boston lost, you know, they haven't lost, they haven't won a series with these two goalies. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good deal. I mean, you know, they have two probably what most would consider number one goaltenders. Allmark had a career season, absolutely. So we'll see what happens this season. See if he can replicate it. Yeah, definitely. Although I don't think Boston's going to be a top team making ridiculous numbers again because Bergeron's retired. Krejci most likely moving on. I don't think Krejci has announced retirement yet. But, I mean, losing those two players is going to be huge for Boston. And to me, Sam, another thing about Boston that I think is interesting is I think Obviously, Hurricanes are number one when it comes to, I think, um, when it comes to trying to manage the cap situation that they have. I think Boston's a clear number two because, obviously, they're not going to give out lots of money to players either. And honest, and another thing, too, I think their owner, um, whose name is escaping me, um, He's a uh, he's the chairman of the board of governors for the NHL. Speaking of owners, I think we missed last time the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks passed away. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, so uh, rest in peace. He was a huge point. Well, he he played a huge role. Yeah. In, uh, in Chicago by being the owner for many 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 years. So yes, definitely. I think it passes down to his son, so it stays in the family. Yes, and of course, probably the biggest contract, Sam, is Troy Terry. Troy Terry. He signs a seven-year, $7 million contract, Sam. I think this is a great deal for the player, but I think this 
well, actually, I think this is one of those situations where it's a good deal for the player, but a great deal for Anaheim. Absolutely. Because you lock him up for seven years. I think seven million is a great contract. Seven by seven is perfect. If they can get Segrist down to an eight-year deal, lock him up now, you basically have your new Getzlav and Perry combo in Anaheim. Exactly. Now they need that Timu Salami. Yeah. <laughs> Which could be Leo Carlson. You never know. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. We'll see kind of the direction this goes, but Anaheim's getting better, and they're locking up their best assets for, for many years to come. Yes, definitely. Um, t- I'm telling you, Timu Salami is probably my favorite duck, Ducks player, though. I he like, was really good. I like Getzloff. Getzloff was great, too. I just love Timu Salani. Anaheim's had some really good players in their history. Yes, they have. Uh, so, yeah, those are the signing, or sorry, not signings, but extensions by teams. Um, and now we're going to get to some Canes news here, Sam. And obviously, uh, this is a little bit of lighthearted news, as you could probably describe it. But a yard sale is going to be ha- happening on August 19th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. We might be there. Season ticket members have the pre have the um, ability to get there first and take a look, so they're able to go in between. I think it's eight to eleven. It's for season ticket members only, and then it's from eleven to two. It's for the entirety of the Kenyak Nation. Sam and I might take advantage of that. Go see if we can get a couple of things uh, at a nice discounted price. Yes, definitely. So uh, I'm going to be looking forward to that, and. Now we're going to get into our great player expectations. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Hey, Canes fans, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Zach Brown Band on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. 
Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation. Since I can have an old soul for music, I have a playlist I listen to that ranges from John Denver to Chicago. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. That's buyraycon.com THPN to save 15% off on Raycons. Buyraycon.com THPN. All right, Sam. This time it is the forwards. So let's start with a player that I think is inter- probably, I think, arguably one of the most interesting players on here because he had a career year with us. Yep. And that's Stefan Nason. Yep. Stefan Nason's. Do you want to go one. first or me? I think I went first, didn't I, last episode? I think you did. So maybe I'll go first. Okay. Time. Let's go. So for his career, his first year playing in the NHL was 14 15. He was with the Ducks. He only ever played with three seasons with the Anaheim Ducks. He only ever played 14 games in three years. And he had exactly two points. <laughs> so uh, he then went on to New Jersey. His best season with them was 17, 18, 27 points. Played with Pittsburgh for a season. That didn't work out so well. Really, he didn't have a very good career after that. And then he comes to Carolina, plays two games, gets nothing, goes to the Wolves, and gets 85 points in 70 games. Holy crap. He became a goal scorer with 48 goals, 37 assists. Then came to Carolina and kind of became that power play specialist. Because that's where he got a lot of these points. So he, with us, played 70 games, had 36 points. Basically averaging right around that point every other game spot. He had 8 points in 15 games in the playoffs. For the Hurricanes, the year before with the Wolves, he had 25 points in 18 games. So the guy can play. Career season, yeah, absolutely. But it proves the guy's competent and capable. So Stefan Nason had 36 points. All I want from him is more of the same. So I want somewhere between 30 to 40 points, right? I expect him to still be that net front presence guy. He might still be on the power play kind of, you know, distracting the goalie, most likely on a second unit, not the first like he was this year because we'll be healthier. So I like him. I like what I see here with the stats. His plus minus was plus 11. And the playoffs, it was a minus three. But I think I'm guessing a lot of that probably came to uh, dealing with Florida. Um, but overall, I like him. I think he's been very good for us. And um, I expect more of the same from Nason. I see no reason why we couldn't expect more of the same. Exactly, and I think the reason why Sam is because I think we see a lot of the hard work that I think we, that I think kind of gets mirrored to a little bit of Jordan Martinuk, but I think the difference here is that Nason has more skill than Martinuk. So um, I think Nason, I think he needs to be a 
an important role. Obviously, in order for us to win a Stanley Cup, I think he needs to be a player that plays to his strengths, basically. And playing to his strengths is a player that has being around the net because he has a nose for it. He's really good at being around the net and especially on being around the net on the power play too. So not just five on five, but on the power play, uh, this guy can be still, I think very good. He still has pretty good skill. And I mean, it's amazing. And Sam, it's interesting. I mean, I remember if you look at his stats in Chicago during the playoff run with Chicago, 18 games, he had 25 points. That is amazing. So I and that's why a lot. I mean, a lot of times. I mean, sometimes it won't translate to the NHL, but I think we're starting yes. to see. I think getting that full season of being the guy in Chicago really did him all kinds of favors. So I th- I really like what we're getting from him now. I like what he's able to produce. I think expecting him somewhere between thirty and forty is reasonable. It's right around where he did before either a little bit lower or a little bit higher. I mean, the reason I think his point totals went up is because he replaced Svetch when Svetch got hurt on that first unit. Exactly. So if he gets a little bit less, that's okay. A little bit more, that's okay. He might have to play up barring injury. Because, there, I mean, the thing is, is that I think to win a Stanley Cup, he has to play that type of role. But I think his expectations aren't as high as comparing him to a lot of other of these players. If he gets at least 20 points, Sam, I think most fans would be okay. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be upset. But for me, again, like for me, it's my expectation is like I want these players to be at or above where they are because we're wanting to be better. And right now, given they have not added anything significant to the forward group other than Michael Bunting... (laughs) I'm sorry, but I mean, basically, I mean, they've lost more forward, you know, they've lost more out of the forward group than they've gained. So, you know, basically Bunting's replaced Stasny. Well, Stasny was your fourth line center. So in my opinion, you still need a fourth line center. I mean, at the very least, you need an NHL fourth line center because I'm not convinced Jack Drury can do that. And we'll talk about Drury too, but 30 to 40 is what I expect from Nason. Um, I just, again, I want these players because right now, again, like I said, we have an addict significantly. I want at or above expectations for most of these guys. Exactly. Some of them I'm reasonable. I get it. I, I expect them to be about what they were before. Mason is that player. I expect about the same. And I think that's reasonable. Exactly. Uh, so that's our um, expectation for Mason. Our next player is the Marty party of Jordan Martinuk. And Jordan Martinuk, he was uh, really good last season. He also, I think, had a little bit like Netches. I mean, he had a bit of a bounce back season because the season before he was riddled with injury and he well, wasn't that much of a fan favorite the season before. Well, really, since his first season with Carolina, he hasn't been much of anything. I mean, Carolina 18 19 came in 25 points, 15 goals. That's pretty good. That's, you know, more than whatever we thought we were going to get from him. Uh, next season, 13. Next season, 13. 21-22, last season, you know, he had 15 points. And this season we just finished, he had 34. So that was his best season. So my expectation for Martin Oak, more of the same, if not a little bit less. I think 25 to 35 is good, you know. My high end is about what he got this year, so he's probably the one player I'm kind of looking to go down. I just don't know if we're going to be fortunate to get Martinuk again for a full 82. I feel like the way he plays, he's liable to get hurt again. I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah, because he's great when he's healthy. 
I think, you know, if he's healthy, I expect him to be on that higher and closer to that 35. But if he's on that low end, I'm not going to be mad either. It's just my expectations for him. If I'm averaging out these seasons, so I'm expecting more of the same. Yes, definitely. Um, and, I mean, with Martinuk, to me, the points area um, it, I kind of expect him to have is probably 25 to 30 points. I think... He's not going to hit 35. I don't think he has the skill to pull off 35 points. That's why that's, my, that's why that's my, my, my high end is he gets a singular point more than he got this year. But I'm expect my expectation, again, is on that average. If he can hit what he did that first season with us, I think we're pretty good. I think we're looking good. Yes, definitely. Because uh, he did play pretty good that first season with us. I remember that hat trick he had his first season with us against Florida. I remember, Didn't and that he have was crazy. One this year? He might have had one this year. I can't remember. You know, I, I think it was. It was against. It was at St. Louis. I felt like he had one this year. Yes, it was. It was at St. Louis. Um, I remember that game. But yeah, I think Martinuk. He needs to continue to be that player. That I think he's an energizer. He he yeah. he he really makes other players gain energy when he is on that line with them. Uh, he's not afraid to throw the body. I like to see that from him. Uh, I want him to see uh, him keep getting into other people's faces. And to me, that's feistiness right there. And he can do that. He, he's great at doing that. I think he's a great bottom six forward. And I hope he can continue hitting that 25 to 30 point range. Yep. I think that's more than reasonable. Because all of his goals are from hard work. It's not really mm-hmm. a lot of skill. No, not at all. Not and, at all. Although, I will admit, a couple of his goals in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you want to take a look kind of at his playoff numbers this year, they were kind of impressive. 12 points in 15 games. Uh, four plus minus. He basically turned into some kind of a goal, you know, point scoring machine. Because the seasons before that, it was 1.3.3.4 points. So 4, 3, and 7, 7, 3 is 10, 10, 1 is 11. He had one point more in this one playoffs than he did in the previous playoffs when the NHL combined. Because before that, he was with Arizona. So the dude never played in the playoffs before that. So good for, good for, um, Martin, if we're just having a career season from top to bottom, playoffs to regular season, expecting more of the same. Uh, again, if he gets a little few less points, I, I think this season was just a resurgence of him. So if we can get that again, I am not complaining. I don't think anyone's complaining. But if we're closer to that 25-point mark, I think we're okay. Oh, yes, I do too. And as you can tell, the way Martinuk plays, uh, that's a player that's built for the playoffs. Yes. Which is why I thought he did so good because he is, to me, the most hardworking player on the Hurricanes team. To me, I think he out-hustles more than any forward on the Hurricanes team. And I think I've said this before, Sam. I think if any forward or all of our fours had the work ethic of Jordan Martinuk, uh, we see the points be skyrocketing. Because he, he, he gives it 110% every game. And he needs to continue to do that. So... Great for Martinuk. I expect more of the same uh, in order for us to win a Stanley Cup with him. Now let's get on to Martin Natchez, Sam. Um, another player that had a huge bounce back. Huge bounce back season and a player that 
we expect great things from because the Carolina Hurricanes will not be good if we get the Marty Natchez of the year prior. If we get the Marty Natchez of the 21-22 season, this team isn't going far. They're not, they're, they, they, they just aren't going far. During the regular season, because during the playoffs, this player has yet to show he is capable. Just factually based. He has yet to prove he can do it. Over his tenure with Carolina in the first season, he played seven games, had two points, 19, 20, 36 points in 64 games. In the 2021 season, that was his breakout year, 41 points, 53 games. If we extrapolated that out, he was about at what he was this season. Um, Carolina, again, the season afterwards, the 21-22 season, he had 40 points in 78 games and five assists in 14 playoff games. 100% unacceptable. The year after that, 82 games, 71 points, almost had 30 goals. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good for, for him playing all 82. He was a plus five. Then we get to the playoffs, and this is where the problems began. He had exactly seven points in 15 games and only four goals. I'm sorry, but one of your top point scores needs to be closer to that point per game mark, not a point every other game. You were almost a point per game this season. You were doing, you were trekking on that, and you kind of tapered off toward the end of the season, and it flowed right into the playoffs. Can't have that. So, yes, you can't. My expectations for NHS is do a little bit better, 75 to 85 points. I want him closer to that point per game mark, and in the playoffs, I want it to continue. If he starts out slow, I'm okay with that. I want him to finish hot. Because I want it to go into the playoffs. A big problem Carolina's had is they've had a lot of their best players start off hot, and then they've cooled off in the playoffs, and then they just never find it again. Can't have that. Yes, you can't. So I just, I want Natchez, again, more of the same, a little bit better. I think 75 to 85 points to get close to that 82-point mark. I think that's more than reasonable for him. He's proven he can do that. So I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, you can't, you know, you can't make a point per game. No, he can. He's your number two player right now. That's point getter behind Ajo. So he can do it. I don't want to hear he can't. And the best thing to make this happen, and I would be even be willing to increase that number, maybe closer to 90, if you get a true second line center for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I agree with, with a lot of your points, Sam. Um, I think uh, with Martinuk, I, to me, the points that I expect from him to win a Stanley Cup is 70 to 80. I think if he can at least hit 70, I am fine. To me, the real test with Netris. It Okay, well, I mean, I would say, yes, regular season, he's, he, he needs to hit at least 70 points because he has the potential to hit that. And if you see how Natchez plays... I think he's probably one of the best players on this Canes team. Um, he's got he's the one of the most. He's probably he, the fastest and one of the most high end skill wise. Yes, definitely. Uh, that's why when I first I remember his first full season with the Hurricanes, I thought he was pretty good. Part of the reason why I got his jersey, I was like, man, the sky's the limit for this guy. He has the he he, he by far has the best skating ability than to anybody in, on the team. So I think with Natchez, got to hit sev- at least 70 points in my book to uh, win the stand or to advance into the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, he needs to get more points. 
I th- I think if he had over 10 points this past playoffs, I'd be like, okay, he contributed. And what's interesting, Sam, he got most of those points in the New Jersey series. He did, and he was a minus two. Yikes. <laughs> yes. That means but that line was I think that I think uh, part of that, too, is because he was playing on, an, on the line with Nason. And while I love Nason, he's not a top six forward. No, well, yeah. Well, I mean, also, I mean, we were damaged in the playoffs, but yes, we were. Either way, you need more from Natchez. Yeah, you do. You need him to show that he's dynamic in the playoffs as well as regular season. So I expect more in the playoffs, more of the same in the regular season, and I expect that from the next guy we're going to talk about, Andre Svechnikov. Yes, and one one thing one thing I do want to talk about Natchez on. I mean, he got most of his points against New Jersey. If if we have that type of series where it's mainly a finesse type of game, I think Natchez will excel because that's what we saw in the New Jersey series. But if it's against a team like the Islanders that can pull on hits, be physical, yes, he might struggle, but you know what? Use your strength to your advantage. He's the best skater. Try to use that to your advantage and try to skate around and not get hit. Do that, and I think you'll be effective. Agreed. So, yes, let's go on to Svechnikov. Um, so, with Andrei Svechnikov, he was hurt, so I I will take that into account. But at the same time, I don't think I can use that as an excuse for him because I expect him still to get better, and I think that is more than reasonable. So, if you want to take a look at his stats again, his first season, 37 points. Okay, rookie year. Not about to expect crazy things out of a young rookie. Totally understandable. Season after that, he got better. 61 points. Season after that, he got better again. 50, 42 points. You're like, well, how did that make it better? Well, he only played 55 games. Very close to a point per game. The season after that was his best year. 69 points in 78 games. Very impressive. Then... We get to this season. He got hurt, but he was still scoring goals, getting points, 55 points, 64 uh, games. I expect better. I expect him to have the season of, I expect him to have a career year, 70 to 80 points. I have higher, actually. Okay. I mean, look, we're, and this is the truth, where he has struggled, but granted he hasn't been healthy every year, has been in the playoffs. The last time he played in the playoffs was the 21-22 season. 14 games, he had five points, four goals, one assist. Can't have that from your top goal score. Got to got to be better. The year before that, 11 games, eight points, a little bit better. The year before that, uh, three points in six games. We weren't very good that year. Uh, and then in 2018-19, he only had five points. But you need more from him in the playoffs. You need to see that he can contribute in the playoffs and truly be a playoff player. But where do you have him then? Uh, so, in order for me, I think, for the Hurricanes to win a Stanley Cup, I think he has to be a 80 to 85-point player. He needs to be, at, I think, a point-per-game base. Here's the reason why. He has become a power forward now for the Hurricanes, and he was more of a sniper early in his career for us. Um, I think he needs to work on that, of being a power forward, because... Obviously, I remember his signature move while in the juniors is that he would use his fancy footwork to get behind the defense and score. 
Um, I, I want to see that being pulled off. Now he he can he can have flashy goals. He has absolutely have had or has had flashy goals, and I, his strength is his goal scoring ability, obviously. And he's a physical guy, which I really like. Part of, a little bit like Martinuk, I think because of how physical he is, he can get hurt. Um, which is why he hasn't really had a full season with us yet. But he plays he, he plays a mean uh power forward game which I really like. Here's the thing though, this last season I was frustrated with him because he was streaky mm-hmm. in his goal scoring ability, and there were times where I thought he was invisible. He needs to be consistent in his, the type of game that he plays, which is being a power forward. He needs to go to the goal more. Um, he needs to kind of, I mean, to me, a game that resembles a little bit like him is uh, Jerome Aginla, mm. a little bit. A guy that just goes to the uh, goal and tries to score. And I think Svetch has that in him. He He's a big dude. And the way he plays, I think, is a player that can excel in the playoffs. So I expect a lot more in the playoffs. He didn't play in the playoffs, obviously, because he was hurt this past season. Yep. But I I think he needs to score a little bit more. And and also another thing too, need and I think he's gotten a lot better this past season is staying disciplined. Yeah, no, he was much better this season. I mean um just need him to keep doing that. Just the reality. Just need more. So need more. I expect more. What what what's your point number again? Um, mine was eighty to eighty five points. I think he, the way he plays, I think he can be a point per game player. I think that's right. I think he should be. I agree. And most of those has to be goals, in my opinion. Here's the thing. I think he he's a really least, good passer too. I think he needs thirty to forty goals. I mean, we need a forty goal scorer, and right now he's the closest thing we got to it. He's you could argue Seth Jarvis score. too. Well, I I want to see Seth Jarvis hit the point totals first. True. And we'll get to what I think from him too. But yeah, so uh, those are our thoughts of Svetch of what he probably needs to do, and again, needs to stay healthy. He really does. Uh, he plays a type of game where he can get hurt. Um, I expect him to still play the type of game he plays, but not. Uh, do it in areas to where he could get hurt. So it's just a wisdom type of thing with him on when to knowing to play that type of game. Um, next player, Sam, this is a new player for the Hurricanes. That is Michael Bunting. I am actually looking forward to seeing how he does in his first season with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, and I expect, you know, for us, you know, now, Sam, you know what, when we get penalties, we'll earn them. <laughs> so, um, just like the first game, he bites someone's finger. That's Lemieux. <laughs> that's not Bunting. That's Lemieux. Oh, that's right. That is Lemieux. Bunting My bad. Doesn't bite people. That's right. I forgot. Not Sorry, guys. Anyway. I, uh, but what I expect from Michael Bunting, he had sixty-three points in twenty-one, twenty-two with the Leafs, and forty-nine in twenty-two, twenty-three. Um, I think sixty-three is not the norm um, for him. I expect 40 to 50. So I'm going on the lower end with him, but I'm also doing that because he's on a new team. So I just don't know how he's going to mesh, how he's going to fit. Is he actually going to play in your top six? You said 30 to 40? 
40 to 50. Oh, 40 to 50. Okay. So I'm going on the low end, but close to what he, I, I think if he does what he did last season, we're looking pretty good, but I think 40 to 50, if he's playing on your, I mean, I could see him getting maybe 60, 70 points, but I'm looking at it this way. Anything over 50, I think is good. Um, and extra for us because he's new. So sometimes it takes players longer. I just, I don't know what we'll get. I mean, granted his first season in Toronto, he had 63 points, but he also played with Austin Matthews. No offense to anyone on the hurricanes. We don't have anybody as good as Austin Matthews. So we'll see. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm not as bullish on him, but that's also because I don't believe he is the forward that we really need to have. Like, again, I don't believe we've addressed the issue, which is a top six forward. If they feel it's him, I don't agree. I think at that point you believe the 63 points is the norm for him. I think that's risky to think that's the norm. But, I mean, if we get that, awesome. I just don't think we do. Um. So, with bunting, here, here's my thing. I think Brennamore, what he's going to try to do, when utilizing bunting, I think he is going to try and get... Um, Bunting to play on a line with Ajo and Jarvis. And if you're playing on a line with them, you're going to get more ice time. And you're probably going to have opportunities, I think, on the power play and maybe even on the penalty kill, too. Again, maybe. I don't know how he's going to be utilized when it comes to special teams, but I could see him be on a line with Ajo and Jarvis. And to me, I think I think that just makes a lot of sense because he does bring a lot of grit. And you kind of need some grit on that line. And honestly, I think if you think about it, he's probably a healthier, more, and a better version of Michael Furland when we had him. Um, now, I think Furland's probably a little bit more feistier than Butting, maybe. But um, I, I do think there are some comparables there. But I think Bunting, to me, I think the points that we need from him in order to win a Stanley Cup if he's going to be playing on a line with Ajo and Jarvis, and that's why I've considered here, 50 to 55 points. If you're playing on that line, I expect you to get quite a bit of points. I think that's fair. Um, it's just right now, I just don't know what their plans are. So it's hard for me to do this when I don't know if this is it. If this is it, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. But I think our biggest problem right now is we don't know. But... I just, he's also a new player, so I'm trying to give him some leeway. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, I think fans would be happy if he at least got like maybe 40 points, I would say. Because I do think he's going to be more of a top, be playing in the top six than he would be like on Jack Drury's line or playing with Jordan Stahl. I really do. Most likely. So. Yeah, we don't really have a lot to say on Bunting because he's new, new and uh, we don't know how he's going to handle the new team atmosphere. I mean, Sam, I remember when at the deadline a few years ago, we got Trocek, Sammy Vodnin, Brady Shea. The rest of the season, it really didn't work out for those players because they they were new. But obviously going into the season after that, Trocek, Shea, they were really good. Vodning was mainly a pure rental. He was let go, but... He was I mean, okay they were in new. the playoffs. I like to speed. Yeah, he did have, have good speed. Uh, so the next player, Sam, is Jack Drury. 
I have very little to say about him. This is what I'm going to say. I don't want him in the lineup. Um, I just, I don't, I'm sorry. I agree. Trade the man. Um, but if he's here, 10 to 30 points. I say if, again, if we're trying, if we're going to win the Stanley cup, I think, uh, Jack or Drury, uh, there needs to be progression point wise. Yeah. I think he needs to hit at least 20 to 25 points. If he can do that, then he's showing promise. But if he's getting low, lower than that, then I think um, at that point, I think you really have to trade him because I think it's more of just both helping your team and helping the player because he asked for a trade. And I think he probably will blossom um, in a new change of scenery. That's how I feel about Jack Jury. And he, I'm, the biggest thing, he requested a trade. I don't want a player yeah. who requested a trade. Yeah, and I just, I want a better center. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Oh, and I, I do too. And this is biased. I would like Eric Stahl more than that. I'm so, I would like that Paul, because I view him like the Paul Stasny, right? I, I want a veteran. If I'm not upgrading my top six, I probably am signing Stahl. I mean, you wouldn't have to move anything for that. I wouldn't be opposed to that, actually. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably be, I mean, he might be a little bit slower than Drury. He yeah. might be, but he brings a lot more of other things he's than bring experience. Does. He's going to bring leadership. He's going to bring that ability to, you know, you know what you got to do in the playoffs. And he's not, Drury's not bad. It's just, he needs someone better in order to win a Stanley Cup. Yes. So I'm, I'm looking for, if we're, ha- if we're not upgrading the top six, then I would like another veteran bottom six center at the very least. Yes, and that's kind of both of our takes on Jack Drury. Next player, Sam, I am the captain of the fan club of him. That's Jesper Foss. I love Jesper Foss. I was ecstatic when we re-signed him. So happy. Uh, you want to go first? Um, I mean, all I'll say about Foss is you're more of a fan of him. He had 29 points last season, 34 the points before, and 19 the year before that with the Hurricanes. Uh, with the Rangers, 30, 21, 33, 20, 29. So I expect about 25, 35. So right around that same range for him to do. Uh, if he's on the top end of that, it's career season. But, you know, 25, 35, plus keep doing what you're doing, playing on that shutdown line. That's all I expect from from Faust. Uh, more of the same. I don't expect him to necessarily produce more, but produce about the same. I agree. I think he needs to produce about the same. If you look at his career, he has proven that. Um, obviously, he started his career with the Rangers, and he then signed a contract during free agency with us, and uh, he's always hit around that 30 to 35-point range, and he needs to continue doing that point-wise, which is why I have him uh, for that around 30-point range player. And I think, as to me, I think his role is probably a little bit bigger than his points because, and part of the reason why I really love Jesper Foss is that he's a very good penalty killer. Very good. He plays on a shutdown line so well with Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinuk. He, he can score. And I, another thing, too, I mean, he's played with the big boys, um, when he was with the Rangers and I think he can play if needed play with Ajo at points. I'm not saying that's a permanent solution, 
I'm not. He has never done it yet, so I don't really expect him to. I probably don't expect him to either, but I mean, he's done it with Panarin. I mean, I think he can do it with Ajo. I think he can do it playing with maybe KK. Uh, yes, for Foss, I think he is probably the be- the best defensive forward other than Jordan Stahl, obviously. Uh, but... I th- in terms of being a winger, I think Jesper Foss is the best defensive winger that we have. So I expect more of the same from him. Yep. Captain of the Jesper Foss fan club, just spoken. <laughs> well, then moving on to Seth Jarvis. Yes, Seth Jarvis. Let's um, not get on to the typo I had. <laughs> well, well I'll, let, I'll let you slide, Sam. Thank you. Uh, so, Seth uh, Jarvis, do you want to go or me? Yeah, I'll go. Um, okay. Seth Jarvis played a singular game for the Carolina Hurricanes in 2017-18. Nothing happened, but that was fine. He played 7 in 18-19, kind of getting his feet wet, but just fine. Two points. And then he really came on to the scene in the nineteen twenty season. 36 points, 64 games. Not bad. 2020, 21. Um, i looking at the right player. No, I'm not. I say that doesn't make sense to me. Um, you, what, on, which player were you looking at? I clicked on Natchez and says like, he hasn't played that many seasons. This doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, all right, first season, 21, 22. 40 points, 68 games. Not bad for a rookie. Not bad for a rookie. I'll take that any day of the week. Problem is, he had a fall off this year. 82 games, 39 points. He did not play nearly as good as he did last season. What does that mean for him, him for me, for this year? I expect him to really take a step. Every A lot of rookies have what's called the sophomore slump. I expect him to really jump into it and play for a contract. Yes, and definitely. I think he'll get somewhere between 50 and 60 points. I think that's what you need, is somewhere between 50, 50 and 60 points. Um, I think that's what you have to get when you're playing on that first line with Aho and Bunting, most likely. So, 50 to 60. I think that's more than reasonable in the regular season. and the playoffs, in 10 games, he had 15 points. He was actually very good in the playoffs. Uh, both years he's played, 8 points in 14 games. So, I, and the year before that. So, Jarvis is a playoff guy. I expect him to continue that. Even in the rookies, he was a playoff guy. Yes, uh, I I agree with you mostly there. I think with Seth Jarvis, uh, the I think in order for us to probably win a Stanley Cup, Seth Jarvis needs to get at least to me playing with if he's going to be playing with Aho, which I think he is, needs to get at least sixty points and play like he did in this past playoffs because I thought he was the best consistent forward um, in the playoffs this past season. So, Seth Jarvis, he has a high compete level, which I really like. Uh, he plays like he is a a um, Andres, like he's Andres Fechtikov. He's a big, tall guy, but he's not. He is a small dude. He's like five nine, five ten, but he has so much skill. And Honestly, Jarvis is starting to be one of one of my favorites amongst the forwards because not only does he bring a lot of just good skill, I think he has one of the best. I I think his forte is goal scoring because the guy can really score a goal very very well, and 
I, I expect him to, um, when he gets probably 60, 65 points, I expect him to at least have half of those points being goals. Because I think he can hit 30. He's that possible. talented. I think it's possible. I'd be at that point if if you're if Jarvis is playing at the clicking at that level, I think we're in very good shape. Yes, definitely. And Seth Jarvis, I think uh that work ethic that he has too that he really showed in the playoffs, I think that's gonna be a huge part of um us winning the Stanley Cup if he continues that, both in the regular season and in uh, the upcoming playoffs if we do get in, and I do think we will. And Jarvis, he plays a huge pivotal role in the top six. Yes, absolutely. Next, on to what I consider to be kind of the wild card, because he's the one forward. I don't know if he's on the roster to start the season, but I'm going to go ahead and assume he will be. Um... Tavo Teravainen, first year with us, 42 points. Um, uh, this was under the Peters era. He, I mean, no one was really great. 17-18, 64 points, 82 games. That's when Ajo, I believe, broke into the league. 76 the year after, 63, and then he had a down season. He was hurt in the 2021 season. He only had 15 points and 21 games. He came back with a vengeance with 65 points in 77 games. And then last season was the really the bad one. 22-23 season, he played. He had 12 goals, 25 assists, 37 points, 68 games. That's unacceptable. It's just that simple. 100% yeah, it is unacceptable. unacceptable. Six games in the playoffs, he had a singular goal. Again, unacceptable. What do I expect from Teravainen? More of the same of what he's done for Carolina in the past. 55-65. to 65. So the reason it's on the low end is I don't know where he's playing. I don't know if there's room in the top six for him anymore, which is where I think we have a problem. So if that's the case, what do you do? Right? So Teravinen, what do I expect from him? 55, 65 points. And I expect more in the playoffs if he's here. Um, and the reason I have that on the lower end is because he's going to be your best. He's going to be the best fourth line player in the national hockey league or third line. Depends on how you view that third scoring line. Um, and if bunting falls off, you can always throw Tavo up there and you know, True. you know, you're okay. So I think it's hard to gauge what you want from Tavo. Just know, but you know, you, you need more than what you got here. You need him closer to the numbers he got before. Exactly. I completely agree with you. Uh, so here, here's my thing with Tara Vinan. I think once we got Michael bunting, I think, um, that a little bit helped alleviate, um, the um, need of Tara Vinan's um, point productions. But here's the thing. Uh, 37 points in 68 games, that is unacceptable. Now, I think he, he probably has a little bit more leeway now that we have Michael Bunting in the lineup because Bunting could just slot in where Tara Vinan was with Ajo. Uh, but Tara Vinan, I think... Uh, I, I agree with you. We kind of don't know where he is on the lineup. So I'm going to go with probably 50 to 55 points. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know where he is. Um, there are rumors of him getting traded. And I think um, if he does get, get traded, okay. But again, I think all these trades has to make your team better in the now. 
and also probably in the future too, which I think is fine. Um, but especially in the now. And I mean, if you can find a way to have, you know, like a KK Teravine and Nason line, and then get like a number two center like Joel Erickson Eck that was mentioned on ninety nine the fan today, um, on their new show, or you know, you can get Lindholm Shifley, and you just have to move Pesci plus Futures to make that work. I'm all for that. That's that's a really good scoring line, and that puts you in a position where Stahl can play more of that fourth fourth line role. Air quotes there because he's going to be shutting down the team, other teams' top lines. But I think that's what you need to hope for. And at that point, yeah, fifty fifty five points makes sense, and that's going to be a very good line. And you have to think we'll take advantage of a lot of teams' bottom pairs, bottom lines. Exactly, and also I'm considering him. He is probably going to most likely be playing on the power play, whether that's power play one and two, I don't know. But I think he's he's going to be playing on the power play, and he needs to be good both of those corners. My problem with Teravainen is I kind of sense a little bit of a Victor Rask type of player in him, a little bit, which makes me a little bit nervous about Teravainen. And I think when he is not on his game, he becomes disengaged, he becomes invisible, and he does nothing. But when he's on his game, I think he's one of the. I think he's the best passer on the team if he's on his game. And I think that he can do a lot more. In, and, and another thing, too, is he's played on the PK before with Ajo. He can be a good PKer. Oh, sorry. Well, penalty killer. He can um, be a very good passer. And I think he can be very good at just on the power play and setting up other players. He is known for his playmaking and his hockey senses. He needs to get back to that. Now, now that you have Michael Bunting, I think uh, there's is probably changed from a huge need to being a. I mean, you still need him to being uh, good again this season. But I think with the addition of Bunting, I think it really helps the leeway of the pressure that Terravani needs to do this season. I think that's fair. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with him because I, let's be honest, the Hurricanes offseason is far from over. They, I, I truly believe there's one more move that happens. Oh, I do too. Next players, Stonehand Stall, as my dad would like to say. And <laughs> you're probably going to find Jordan it odd that I have very little to say about Jordan Stall. And it's not because, that, and I don't view that as bad, I view that as. He's just been, you know, old, reliable, right? Last several seasons, I'm just going to rattle it off. I'm not going to give years. 28, 27, 38, 36, 34. All pretty much the same, right? He's averaging. So I'm saying 30 to 40 points, more than reasonable. That's around that number he's been doing the last three years. Again, I don't believe he can take a step back, which at that point you're stepping into the couple of seasons before, the, um, and you don't want that. So he can do that. That's more than that's a that, we're talking average. Keep doing what you're doing, Captain. Shut down the other team's line. That's what you're there for. Contribute offensively because you can't not do that, and just go out there and do your thing. Right? 
do what Rod loves you for doing and lead this organization to a Stanley Cup. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Be the leader in that locker room. Contribute where you can. Win face-offs. Yeah, win face-offs in overtime and get haul your tail to the bench. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I expect more of the same from the captain. Oh, I do too. He wants to win a cup. He's won one in his past in Pittsburgh. He wants to win one here. I truly believe that. And I and, and I think what, what makes what makes Jordan Stahl better is if you bring his brother to play with him again. Because I really think that's going to invite... I, they they want to win a cup together. The Stahl brothers have yet to do that together. And I think that'd be awesome. If Because if Mark ain't going to win one this year. He's in Philly. Yeah, true. <laughs> if, Eric Stahl, if Eric Stahl... Announces retirement. How disappointed would you be? I'll be okay if he signs a one-day contract <laughs> and retires as a cane. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but um, Jordan Stahl, I mean, he's the leader of the team. Yes. Heart and soul of the team. And nothing embodies more of being a Carolina Hurricane than him, in my opinion. And I, here's the thing. Um, his offense isn't what it was several seasons ago. It just wasn't. But I still think he can produce some points. So I'm probably going to be expecting if probably at least 25 points from Jordan Stahl. Uh, the reason why is he is getting older um, and he can take a step. Well, here's the thing. Because of age, he might take a step back. And if it is because of age, okay. But... He's still a leader. He still plays an important role. He needs to be playing like he did last season. And another thing, too, he needs to be that great penalty kill guy. He needs to win faceoffs. And I expect nothing less than that. So I think Jordan Stahl needs to hit around 25 to 30. His offense might dip off a little bit more. I Might. Might. I don't want to see that yet. Might, but I still think he's probably the best defensive forward Absolutely. on the team, and I still think he's one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. Absolutely. He probably should have a Selkie, but he won't because he doesn't get the points to go along with it. No, he doesn't. Uh, um, next is a guy that needs to take a step forward. Yes, Barry Kokinyemi. And he's been taking steps forward. Yeah, and I kind of said this, you know, Sam, I mentioned this right after, you know, right before we started, of all the players, his consistency he's consistently gotten better really uh since the um see what season did i say since the 1920 season right he had a great rookie year 34 points um and then the year after that i mean that was a bad season in general but he had a good playoff four goals in 10 games um montreal uh and then he does it again, right? He gets 20 points the next year, 29 first year in Carolina, 43 this year. He pretty good. So I'll take that from KK. I think he's coming into his role, and I think he can become a number two center. I do too. Which is where I think Shifley's not a bad idea as an interim until KK is ready. But even if KK becomes nothing more than a third, like a high end third line center, I think that's not a bad thing either. But. Oh, there's a but in there. I fully expect <laughs> KK this season because right now we're assuming nothing's changing. And it is highly possible that this front office, once again, has not learned from past mistakes because they've proven they don't learn from past mistakes. Well, so they learned that. They learned with the Ajo offer sheets. Just a little. Little learn. That's a small <laughs> a learn. That's a small <laughs> learn. 
Okay? Because they got burned. They keep getting burned when it comes to getting... They were like, oh, we lost because we could score. Oh, let's go out and get Dmitry Orlov. Make the defense better. That's not why we lost. The year before that, we couldn't score. Let's go get the defense better. Brent Burns is coming on board. Well, he did bring a lot of offense. It didn't fix the problem in your top six. Yes, Barry Kokinyemi right now is going to be your top six forward. I don't want him to be. But if he is, I want 50. I'm sorry. I want 45 to 55 points. I want him to be better. He cannot be any less than he is now. He has to be more than he is now. He's your second line center. If you're not hedging close to that 70 point total, you're not pushing for that closer to that point per game total as a number two center, as your second scoring line. Mm, makes me nervous about what this team is in the playoffs. Yes, it does make me nervous, too. I think KK, obviously, he had a slow start to last season, uh, but he really picked it up the last half, and I thought he was pretty decent in the playoffs. But uh, with KK, uh, he needs to take that next step, and I think that next step, if he does, he will be a second-line center, in my opinion. And if he's a second-line center now coming into the season... I mean, I'm not enthusiastic about it, but I'm not disappointed either. Um, I think KK right now, I think, is a serviceable second-line centerman. I think probably like a, I think of him as like a 3A, 2B type of, type of center right now with KK. But if he, points-wise, I think if he can hit, and this is my point range here, 55 to 60 points this season, I think... That's probably what we're going to need from him. I actually like yours more than mine. Really? 55 to 60? I think if he can hit 55, he's a second-line center. Yes. I'm not expecting a point per game. We're all prefacing this as we don't want him to be the second-line center. I'm not saying he can't be that this year. I'm saying I want to win a cup, so I don't want to take the chance. Right? He can become that. I actually believe he will and can become a second-line center. But you want that competition. I want the competition, and I want to be in a position where we can win. I think if you see Lindholm come back, Nate, KK will never be anything more than a third-line because Lindholm will be the number two center. Oh, yeah, he will, will extend him. But <laughs> I think I expect more, and I think I'm reasonable for that too. So... If he's your number two center, got to play like it. I have no choice in the matter. And I think he can. I really I agree. Do. Because this last season, he showed flashes. In the but second times, half of the season. But at times, he was so bad, they had to put Stasny in that second line center. Yeah, Which they is did. why we need a replace. We need another Stasny-like player. Which is like, and again, I use Eric Stahl because in my brain right now, that's the top veteran center that I can think of who can play any of those positions, right? One, yeah. two, or three. Stahl can do it. He's got the skill. He might be older, but he can. I, I, if you need, if you have an issue and KK starts to become an issue, if you pop Eric Stahl up there, he's going to work his butt off to prove, you know, the old management wrong for getting rid of him the first time. So I think if Stahl comes here, the benefit of that is he's going to work his butt off because he's going to have a point to prove more than anywhere else if he were to play. Yes, definitely. 
Um, so yeah, and Sam, we are approaching an hour here. Let's just put Aho and Brandon Lemieux together. We'll start with um, Lemieux. I expect nothing more yeah. than about five. And this is where it comes. I had to assemble. It was with Coglin, right? Yeah. Same mm-hmm. thought here. Depends on how much he's playing. If you have an injury and someone's out for a while and he's playing a lot of games, uh, I, again, I'm saying any point you get above five is good. I'm saying five to 30. If he's anywhere in that range, I think you're okay. I'm saying five to 10 points with Lemieux. For me, it's dependent on how much he's playing. If he's playing a lot of games, I expect him to contribute. If he's playing very few Anything you get from him is a bonus. So nothing and, great there for Lemieux. I expect him to go out and hit people. And, and, and the biggest thing is the role. And that's what you said. Out to hurt. Well, I mean, out to not like <laughs> injure. Not out to injure and hurt people. But out to just be a pest. Be a pest. He's going to go out yes. there. He's going to hit people. He's going to be nasty. He's going to show grit. Tom Wilson decides to pull some BS. He's going to go out there and punch Tom Wilson in the face. Yes. That's what you want from him. When you play teams like that, that's most likely when he comes in the lineup and probably someone like Nason might come out, right? It's just someone to stick in there to go and pester the team's agitators. Um, next is the player that we probably want to talk the most about here at the end. Um, Sebastian Ajo. So Seabass is the Hurricanes' best player. They just locked him up for a long-term deal. He'll be a Hurricane for life, and you'll still get another chance at another contract. He had 67 points in 75 games. He did not lead the team in points. Probably the first season of him doing that. Um, but Ajo's been good for us. He's averaging at about that point per game pace, 83, 66, 57, 81. 67. This is really his first year where he really wasn't but, close. But this, but I about to say, this past season... This is an this was a what would be a down year for him. Yes, and I'll give it is it to a him. down Most year. Most great players will have that down year. And sixty seven points is still nothing to sneeze at. He also had COVID and he was hurt. Um, I think he had COVID. It was something. Something took him out for about seven games. Um, and it, I honestly, I think if he had played a full season, he would have gotten seventy points. Most likely. Um, and Aho still your best point guy in the playoffs, right? Twelve points, twelve points, eleven points, eleven points, twelve points. What do I expect from Ajo? 85 to 100 points. I expect him somewhere in that top tier, number one, all-star elite player. That's what you need. You need him to take that another step. 85 to 100, I expect him to be over a point per game. Anything he gets over 85, I think, is awesome. And if he's in that 100 point, he does what I think he needs. One of the steps he, thing, you know, check arc off that he needs to do while he's a player for the Carolina Hurricanes and get that 100-point season like Eric Stahl did because I think – Aho has more skill than Eric Stahl, so I think that Aho can do a 100-point season. And that would be, for me, a, a sign. Like, hey, here's our next 100-point guy. We're on our way to a cup. Yes, definitely. Last time we had that happen, Eric Stahl, 05-06, won a Stanley Cup. But he never got back to that production. <laughs> look, if, uh, if we won a cup and Aho <laughs> just hovers at about a point per game, I'll live with it. Um, yeah, I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll all live with it if we won the Stanley Cup. And then in the playoffs... More of the same, maybe a little bit. You know what? No, needs to be better in the playoffs. He's hovering, you know, 12 points, 15 games. Maybe He's definitely get... impactful in the playoffs. Absolutely. Needed to be just a tad bit more, but I think a part of that is his line mates haven't been there either. It's hard sure. to carry a team um, when everyone else doesn't play very well. So you need your line mates to produce. You need to produce, get closer to the point per game. Again, I expect Ajo at a point per game, if not well above it, and then you're going to win a cup if he's doing things that he needs to be doing. Yes, and when you mentioned line mates, it kind of uh, made me remember of the line that Bill Pierce had of Jeff Skinner, 
Derek Ryan and Lee Stepniak. I did not like that line because I thought Skinner was carrying that line. Well, yes. <laughs> Look, there was a post on Twitter about players. I, you know, if you could bring back, who would you bring back? Current playing in the National Hockey yeah, League. Yeah, I think I saw you tweet that. I tweeted that back out and I said Lindholm and Skinner. And the rationale that is Carolina doesn't have a goal scorer. They haven't had one since Jeff Skinner. So imagine putting Skinner with Aho, man. Aho feeds Skinner. Skinner's probably scored 50 goals. I mean, that's just how mad that would be great. And then Lindholm, your number two center. We bought, we butchered his development. So that's what yeah, we did. But I believe in this team. All this to say, at the end of the grades, I believe everything we've said is attainable for this club. I do I too. believe that this organization can take that step. I think we're a piece short. But even if they don't get it, I think they can still do it. It'll be harder. They have to trade a defenseman, though. There's just too many defensemen. <laughs> and I agree with that. But you can't go out there and dump him and then not bring someone back. That's yeah, exactly. Dumb. You're gonna. I mean, that's just stupid. At that point, let the contract expire, and use him for the season. But turn him into a forward. Hey, Brent Burns was a forward. Okay, we'll do that. I mean, put D'Angelo on your fourth line if you want to do seven defensemen and 11 forwards. Yeah, maybe. I'm okay with that, too, but you need a forward. I think you need the top six. If you don't, you need that veteran center. I don't want Jack Jury to be the center. I'm not saying anything bad about him necessarily. It's that I want to win a cup. And yeah, I just I don't think Jack Drury is your answer. I think you need that veteran center like Stasny. But at the end of the day, do I think this roster, as we have discussed, can do it? Yes, will it be harder probably without that number, you know, that second line center or top six forward that you need to get? But they can still do it. I think if everyone takes these steps, right, KK, Natchez, Jarvis, Ajo, right, if your best players take the step, Teravine gets back to his production, the team can do it. If Bunting surprises and gets like 60 to 70 points, then you got your top six guy. But And I think he can be. But we'll see. That the to me, Bunting's the risk. If you want him to be that, and he doesn't become it, you're in trouble. And then, especially if Pesci has a really down season, then you've lost value for him at the deadline. So, what do I expect? I expect a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I do too. I think every fan expects a Stanley Cup, and you. Too. If you're an Arizona or Anaheim fan and expect a Stanley Cup, I'm sorry, you're a delusional, man. <laughs> Just think if Arizona somehow wins Look, it. Look, a Flyers fan has more reason to hope than those two organizations. A Chicago fan has reason to hope only because they've surrounded Bedard with a bunch of veteran players. I, I, hot take. Chicago will be interesting this season. Yeah, they could. So yeah, They won't make the playoffs, but they're going to make some bottom teams sweat a little bit. Some wild card teams in the Western Conference sweat just a little bit. They need to build around Bedard. Yeah. No one player is going to drag you to a oh, Stanley no, but Cup. They have Taylor Hall. They have Corey Perry. They have a couple of interesting veterans that will make it interesting. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Their forward group I like a lot. Their defense, not so much, but we'll and see what they do. Like I said, I think their offense is going to win them some games and make some teams sweat in the West. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. So uh, we're glad that uh, – if it, Honestly, we are like an hour and seven minutes into this, Sam. If you are listening to us at this point, you are a warrior. <laughs> thank you so much. Look, and someone we like, really do thank our listeners. Absolutely. Hey, Sam, if they have a drive like me, we got them through the drive, right? So 
if they're driving to work in the morning and it's like a 45 minute to an hour drive, we gave them something to listen to the whole ride. Exactly. True. Um, and yes, we do want to give you just thanks for listening to our episodes, uh, taking time out of your day to listen to us. We really appreciate it. We do. And you know what, Sam? We don't brag about our downloads like someone else. Yeah, I know. I don't really like that either, but... We're appreciative of you guys. We, uh, we don't Look, at the end of the day, we do this because it's fun, and we like to communicate our thoughts with you guys. And, you know, if if one person enjoys it, I'm happy because someone's enjoying what we're doing. Yeah. Behind every download, there's a number, Sam. Yeah. It's a, it's I'm, a I'm sorry. Behind every download, there's a human. Yep. And we sorry. like to interact with you. So please do... If you want to talk to us, please do uh, message us. We'll talk about some of the stuff. If you want us to talk about something, shoot us a message. Give us ideas. I like that. I'm fine with that. So, yes, and and do not uh, message us and be like, "How many numbers do you have?" We're not going to say. No. We aren't. Uh, I I just think that's a way to brag, and I just don't want this podcast to be about bragging about us. No, we're talking. This podcast is about the Carolina Hurricanes. It's about the players. It's about the team, and it's about achieving the ultimate goal, which has fans like you and me and everyone who listens and the entirety of Caniac Nation are ready for a cup to be brought back to Raleigh. It's about time. Yes. So we will see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening to the Caniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Caniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Caniac Report. We'll see you next time.